0: Hello, this is Family Electric Ghost. So we have Angela right on the line.
1: Hi there.
0: How are you doing? Glad to have you back on the program.
1: I'm so glad to be back. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, things have changed since the last time we talked. You know, when we talked to you before, you were a 19 year old artist uh, from Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, you were in, a, um, you come from uh, Berkeley College. You attended that, and then you've gone out to Nashville and now we're in this kind of situation. But I see you have um, the coronavirus, but you've got a brand new release coming out, so it seems like you've been able to still keep on moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's what I've been trying to do. I feel like music is one of those outlets for people that can maintain and kind of keep that normalcy for people is while they're home or while they're working, like they can listen to music. And for me as a creator, I can still create and have that be my, um, emotional and expressive outlet. Um, I mean, it's definitely been hard for a a lot of musicians out there right now, not being able to perform, um, live. So I've tried to take to my writing and recording processes.
0: So are you still in Nashville or did you go back? Yeah,
1: I am in Nashville. Um, I went home for uh like part of spring so during the beginning of quarantine my family was really worried about me so I did go home for a little bit Mm -hmm. um but my apartment and my life is is still here so I came back to Nashville um and just have been writing and working from home and doing that
0: yeah I mean during this time we've been kind of doubling down you know as podcasters we've been interviewing a lot of artists because that's been given their kind of lifeline to their connect to their fans since they can't tour so,
1: Absolutely.
0: so we've been able to kind of do a podcast almost every day <laughs> good
1: that's great i'm glad good. i can be one of them
0: yeah um, it, it's been really good for us to you know it's gotten our name out there we've been able to do other things um because you know musicians we can't play live so we've been doubling down on our recording like you uh and working with people so it's you know i think it's it, it it's weird in this situation it's such a bad you know tragic thing but a lot of artists have found a way to still be creative in in this time so i think yeah. that's that's good news for everybody that loves music
1: yeah uh hopefully it'll lead to some really great releases because i think this is a time when people can go into themselves and self-reflect and realize like what they want to be doing and what they're good at and how we can adapt in this life of, okay, if we're not going to have concerts, what's the closest thing to it? Or how can we still relate to people and and bring, bring that common experience of music together?
0: Yeah. We've been doing our part, you know, with the podcast, we started pre into video podcast. So if you ever want to do that, we can do that as well. But um, uh, yeah, we've been talking to bands because um, a lot of the, a lot of the music industry is based on, you know, bands have to tour and they have to do shows because the way we get paid. Um,
1: yeah, but,
0: but but we're finding that artists are finding ways to, you know, collaborate, do sync licensing. They still connect with their fans, um, by doing, you know, all kinds of uh, interesting things like, you know, putting out their own vinyl or doing t-shirts or, you know, doing other things. So have you thought, of besides, you know, doing the recording that you're doing, we're going to talk about your new song in a second. Um, have you thought about doing like online performances, or have you yeah. looked into that?
1: Yeah, I um I have been actually looking into that. So I am going to be releasing after I release this song on Friday, um just a couple days here. Uh, I will be releasing a video for it shortly after. That's like a live session um, that was like home here in my house. Um, of just me playing guitar and singing um to the track, which was which is exciting um so that's kind of like a live live performance but as well as just like getting on i will probably start doing more live videos and like getting on twitcher and all those different apps and trying to trying to reach new audiences because i think that's my biggest thing uh, as a musician right now is just getting it beyond family and friends and having people who really are music like who like my music want to hear it well, I think
0: it's interesting, you know, Instagram has introduced like reels. TikTok has been really heating up. A lot of musicians are on TikTok. Yeah. A l- lot of people are using reels. People are using Twitch. Like you said, I, I use Twitch myself uh, along with Facebook Live to connect to fans. Um, so I, I did see on your Instagram some pieces of, of you working on, on a project. So is that project the new son- song Siren Call? Yeah,
1: that is this new song, yeah, Siren Call. Um, it's kind of just talking to people about the process of writing the song, recording the song, um, getting the album cover, kind of getting, giving people some insight onto what my process is and what musicians do to get a song released.
0: I think that's one cool thing about social media. You know, back in the day, because I'm in my 50s, uh, we had like fanzines, like bands that we liked. Yeah. We put out these little newspapers. And, and you could go to a comic shop or a little smoke shop and you could pick up some kind of indie, you know, bands putting out their little fanzines. And you could, you, that's how you connect it. And you're like, wow, this is cool. Cause they're telling me about this. You know, maybe they'll send me a, a tape cassette of a live performance yeah. or they'll talk about like what they were doing. And, but now it's so much more, you know, you can get if a band chooses to have that kind of connection to their, to their audience
1: yeah making it interactive I think that's a really big part of it especially while we're all in like at home is like okay how can I not only like I'm not just giving you this song just because I want you know just a song I want okay. to like create that connection with people and like hopefully reach people who need to hear what my songs or my music is saying and so part of that is kind of like with the videos um, that I'm making is just t- talking about like what it is to be an artist and what, what we do Um, because I think a lot of people are curious, but don't actually know exactly what goes into the process.
0: Yeah. I mean, previously we talked about your influences on our previous um, podcast, but when I'm looking at your new song, Siren, you're, you're, you're still in that kind of zone, Atlanta, Del Rey, Florence and a Machine, Maggie Rogers, uh, Sasha Sloan. You've got this indie sad girl vibe
1: yeah thank you
0: <laughs> and um that's that's kind of like i've always been a big um uh fan of independent you know female artists going back to liz fair and uh the blake babies uh you know and it was leader keeney i was always drawn because i grew up like listening to bands like who's to do and the replacements and rem and then yeah. what i found is like when liz fair hit the scene and juliana Hatfield. Then I was like, "Wow, there's this other voice, you know, even in Sonic youth, I would hear it too, but I always was drawn to that because I thought it was just a different way you know different people talking and hearing that female perspective when you always were hearing the male perspective in music, and now you have all of these like really powerful female singer songwriters and it's always been a good a good way to you know kind of diversify your your catalog of things you listen to,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I will totally, I'll get that because, like, even for me, like, I find myself listening to a largely male artists, just personal taste. And I'm like, oh, but I want to cover this song. Like, how cool would it be to do a female rendition of it and kind of think about those things, which is really fun. Um, but, yeah, my, my influences are, are kind of there. Um, but it's really fun to hear different people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, just even with this new release, just getting, like, friends' opinions and sneak peeks of it. And hearing like who they think I sound like, or what what genres I should be targeting and trying to get Spotify features on. Um, so it's been it's been a fun adventure for me so far.
0: Yeah, well, I love that. Like I said, I'm a big fan of that sound. You know that that kind of Lando Rain Ford sort machine sound. Um, and just like like you, you, it was interesting. You said you actually you know tended to listen to male artists. Who are the male like artists that, that you are influenced by
1: yeah um i love chris isaac tim and paula foster the people
0: yeah i hear it <laughs> yeah i totally Not that you name check them I, I do hear that in your in your music so that's interesting hey Sorry about that. I don't know not, what happened.
1: Yeah, not, not quite sure what happened there. I think maybe I walked into the wrong room in my house.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The Wi-Fi signal, if it gets low, it'll just drop it. So... <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, got it. Um, but,
0: but luckily, it saved what we did, so I'll just string the segments together, so we're still good.
1: Great, yeah. Um. I think I was on a little bit of a rant about... Um, yeah, I was talking about kind of my influences just being all sorts of uh, genres Um, as far as male artists that I listen to I love Chris Isaac Tame Impala I think he created a wave of music that really influenced a lot of different indie bands which is cool Um, I love Foster the People and Coin, and I'm just discovering a lot of new smaller artists as well um, that are just local around Nashville which has been a lot of fun for me Mm mm-hmm um just kind of discovering fellow artists that are in like a similar boat as me right now where they're creating music they're not super famous yet but they're just on their way and working and grinding and trying to get there
0: so i know we talked about your home studio setup previously and what you were doing since corona have you like uh, beefed up your ability to work at home have you added new capabilities or are you still using the same epic yeah. gear
1: yeah when um when i went home it was uh it was actually very difficult because i was living out of a suitcase for a couple months um so i brought just like my little pre-sona's audio box and a little midi keyboard I was like okay i hope this lasts me while i'm here um and just use like my laptop microphone for a while which was mm-hmm. Which was a challenge but it was also kind of cool to see like what environments I could record in yeah um like I would go up on the top of a mountain and kind of go sit there and like record ambient noises and then just do like live session stuff which was fun for songwriting um but then when coming back here I actually just recently moved into a new apartment so I got things uh, organized a little bit better like I have my big keyboard connected to my computer now instead of just a little mini keyboard that you can't even play fully on. <laughs> um, yeah. So, that, that's that been nice. I feel like I'm just getting it more organized and more set up. But not nothing, like, super upgraded other than I've switched my DAW to Logic.
0: We went um, to Logic. Yeah, what, were you using before?
1: Well, so, when I was at Berkeley, I was using Pro Tools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's, like, kind of what what most of the classes they trained, were
0: on. You trained on that, right?
1: Yeah. Um, but I never really got very good at it, and you have to renew it every year and stuff yeah. like that. And so I and <laughs> I kind of was going to GarageBand as my go-to anyway because it was the easiest for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I and mean, it works. I've talked to bands. I've totally done albums on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I was kind of like, okay, I already know GarageBand's layout, and I've heard good things about Logic. Um, so I decided to go, go from there on that one. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I've just continued my kind of dollless recording. I use like Zoom R twenty fours with all my Moogs and Roland's. Yeah, uh, and I just found it works for me. I mean, I've i I've, I've played with Ableton, but I always end up defaulting. into, I like I used to record back in the nineties on Taskam and Fostex four trackers. Okay, with like you know Roland D fifties and and old moog mode, mini Moogs, and I just kind of. I like that way of recording because I can kind of just direct do whatever I want. <laughs> um, and, you know, people would say, well, that's even more difficult. I find it actually easier. Yeah, that's um,
1: fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because you just kind of just keep on overdubbing and bouncing tracks and it, it becomes more like it feels more organic. And it feels more kind of stream of consciousness or, or, or like you're jamming. And mm-hmm. that's the feel I like to get in my music. So I tend to go that way.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. But, but, I think everybody has their own uh process for sure.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting. There's a there's a whole new movement. I've been doing that for years where you get these dollless recorders. Like now it's become like a thing.
1: <laughs> but it, it was just
0: something I was doing because that's a way I felt good about it. But um yeah, there's always these controversies like in you know, electronic music is like, Oh, it's digital or it's analog or it's like a combination of both, or you should go and use a tape like need board based in recording versus like all the digital stuff but i think what happens is like you know you just service the song yeah You know, if you need something that's like you know like vintage then maybe use a hammond b3 or a vintage piano but if you want something that's more you know modern then you might use something that you get from a soft scent. Yeah. uh it doesn't really matter it's kind of whatever is going to work
1: yeah having that organic sound i i feel that very much um even, like, just for me, like, when recording, like, I like having, like, live instrumentalists or, like, live drums, at least, um, because it really gives you that feel of that organic, like, as you said before, um, feeling like you're jamming on a song.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, like, why you're in Nashville anyways, because you've got access to that whole live, you know, like, all these session musicians, all these, like, really talented, you know, people who are playing instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. So that's the whole scene. Right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. For sure. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of what you, that vibe you're getting from that area. It's like I if you were in Austin and you were a blues guy, you know, like a Stevie Ray Vaughan, you want to be in that kind of zone or New Orleans or you want to be like a New York kind of CBGB vibe or like Berlin kind of Brian Eno vibe. Like certain scenes have, you know, their, their kind of aspects of like, OK, that's what we're going to get. Have you ever thought like after you know, you're in the Nashville scene that you'd want to go to London or you want to go to Berlin or you want to go to a different scene to kind of pick that vibe?
1: I have um, thought about LA. Um, I, I, de- I, I grew up going to California a lot, so I'm very familiar. Um, and my sister lives out there. So that, that definitely draws me to it. I think it's a really cool culture and I do vibe with it a lot. Um, I think my biggest decision with it was deciding between like LA or Nashville. Was n- Nashville's a smaller songwriting community? It's yeah. you, you get in there, you write with them. Like they want to hear your ideas. It's a little less like about management and cutthroat. You know, like LA. Has, yeah,
0: I think like LA would be like New York or London would be a lot harder. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, they have every industry there. You know, where it's like Nashville's this small little southern town, and then suddenly it's all this music.
0: Um, yeah, kind of like Austin, you know, it's got that kind of vibe. It's like an indie vibe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, where like, I love LA and I love New York and I want to adventure there and spend time there with time. But I also think Nashville is just a great spot to be for songwriting. Um, and it's, it's a spot for me for now, um, that I think I can grow and learn from. Um, I mean, I had never even been here before I moved here. And I just moved down here because I was like, "This is songwriting town. This is Music City." Like, if I yeah. if I can't make songs here, like then you know, what yeah. else what else are you gonna kind
0: of like you know, if you're 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 going you know, like Jack White, you know, he he put his stakes there, and it's kind of like Muscle Shoals, you know, if you were yeah. that kind of thing, there's a vibe, there's a certain vibe to certain towns, absolutely, like that you know, musicians are drawn to. You know, you had the Detroit vibe, the Motown vibe, the Stax vibe. Yeah. you know sun records vibe um every every kind of scene i'm a big like fan of
1: music that's history. for sure yeah absolutely and i mean that's a big thing too like with nashville is everybody assumes country music country music and like that is what's pushed a lot like when you get to the airport it is country yeah. music but um there's a really big scene here of these young artists that are songwriting yeah. things that could be on the pop radio
0: yeah, I mean, I think it's cool because you got that Jack White, you know, got third band there, yeah, and you got the whole other, you know, scene with a lot of these indie bands showing up. I, I think it's kind of like the new Austin, you know, they, what yeah. Austin was for a couple of years, you know, maybe ten years ago. It seems like Nashville is becoming like that, um and that's cool because I think any kind of scene that's 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 gonna, you know, draw creative people, it's always what I've, I've been into. You know, I was kind of into, like, the Andy Warhol yeah, Velvet Underground scene in New York. Yeah. That, w- that was kind of, like, my draw as an artist is to kind of capture that.
1: That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, I feel that very much.
0: Um, and, I, and it's kind of seen it's going to kind of go that way and allow people to tr- be experimental, allow people to come up with new things, and not just be totally pop-oriented, but, you know, song-oriented. You know, it doesn't really matter. It is like, it's like, as long as it's a good song and whatever genre it is, that's cool.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's my biggest thing, especially even like when I'm just writing is I'm not thinking about who I'm writing it for, or what genre it is, or, you know, I'm thinking about what am I feeling? What am I doing? You know, this is what this is what the song needs. And then after I'll think of it more with like a business head of like, okay, I'll pitch this song or Oh, this is mine. Or, you know, yeah. it, when you're writing the song, it should be about like the feeling and the art and the making of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, some days like you're a musician and like you sit down and you you know like what I in the genre that I'm in. Some days I'll sit down and try to do like a Berlin Brian Eno thing. Yeah, and then the next day I'll try to do something like a Sun Ra thing, or then I'll go and I say, well, you know what? I like punk. I'm gonna go back and do something like Who's to Do, because or the replacements because that's what I'm in the mood to do. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just kind of like I like doing expansive sounds. What I'm about is is like it's everything. So I'm not limited. If I want to do something jazzy or fusion or rock or punk or yeah. hip hop, I can kind of go wherever I want to go.
1: Yeah, even just like the songwriting process, like if you have an idea, just get it out there. Even if it's not a good idea or if it's a great idea, put, yeah. it, like put it on a piece of paper or put it in a recording and like at least you know you've done it and that like yeah. it's there. And if, if you don't ever use it again, then that's fine, but you tried.
0: Well, the whole thing with music today, with like, with the, you know, you can do found sounds, you go to field recordings, yeah. you can do samples because you could do something, right? And maybe it doesn't really fit where you are. Yeah. But then you go back to it and you say, "Wow, you know, I could sample this. I could kind of turn it around, or I could, mm-hmm. I could take this and and put it into another thing." And I was watching some documentaries on on some artists, and I was watching like Frank Zappa. Yeah. Frank Zappa used to record like every concert he ever did, <laughs> and then he would take all the reels because this was back when everything was on reel, yeah. right? He'd put them into his like living room, and then he kind of could listen to them on his headphones and say, Well, you know, this little bit from this concert in '68 goes good with this thing in '72. And he would come up with whole new songs that's cool by just reviewing yeah, his tapes,
1: his little and, riffs, and things like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, and he'd, he'd find stuff. I and mean, Neil Young was famous for doing that too. I mean, a lot of what you hear on Tonight's the Night, was on this big reel. He was on this big reel, the reel he had. He had, like, three albums on the reel. He had Tonight's the Night, Time Fades Away, and On the Beach. Yeah. And they were all coming from these recording sessions that he had, and he kept on, like, trying to figure out which song went on to which record. <laughs> and he was just going, I was reading the documentary, kind of biography of it, and it's really interesting how artists can kind of go back and mine their own work. Yeah. You know? To, you know, it's always good like you said to put it down because you never know when you might want to come back to it it might you know create a whole new thing
1: absolutely it could just spark a whole new idea like even if you just look at like one word and you're like oh that's weird i thought of this in a completely different way and then you suddenly have a new idea for it
0: so i was just looking i mean i thinking about your song siren so this kind of brings up in my mind like Odysseus and some kind of like going to the island, and the, is it is it that kind of vibe where um, you kind of bringing up the mythology, or is it a different type of siren? In,
1: in a sense, um, it's it is like the classic like sirens in the ocean, um, like steering the sailors. Yeah. Um, it's 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 like it's yeah, it's referring to that, but also just tying it into the, just having that internal feeling in your gut. Or, like in your in your soul feeling that you need to be called so, like just somewhere else mm-hmm. um and it's kind of like that feeling like when a when a siren would sing to a sa- like a sailor like they couldn't help but just go with where it was calling them, um, So you got this
0: kind of ocean vibe yeah you were, what was kind of what made you get into that kind of feeling of the sirens in the ocean and kind of getting pulled into this kind of I mean, seafaring journey,
1: <laughs> yeah, I've always liked siren I mean like people have called me that, just out of like fun little names Um, so I think that that kind of clicked in with me and then also I it was during quarantine I went to stay with my sister in California and she and I were walking to the beach at night and I brought my guitar and we were sitting there and I came up with this chord progression while we were sitting there and I was just staring out and it was like just before sunset and I was talking to her about like life and our common experiences and just being like, what do you think about this? Or like, how would you put this into words, like this feeling that you and I both share? Like, how would you put it, put it into words? Um, and it kind of just got me thinking about this subject and just like feeling like something was pulling you to where you needed to be. And not really having a full explanation for it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Some, sometimes songwriting is like that. You kind of have the muse, you know. You get this idea. You, you kind of, as an artist, I think we're kind of in tune mm-hmm. compared to like people who aren't like, like cre- creators. Like people who are creators, they kind of are in tune to their surroundings and they're in tune to their feelings, and they are able to take that all those inputs from yeah. from a, inside and outside and turn it into something creative, whether it's painting or acting or music and, and it's hard to explain to people who don't have that that they're more like well they wish they had it but they don't have it and it's, yeah like if you find they it's like it's hard to kind of verbalize
1: absolutely that, that,
0: I, that moment that you have that spark
1: <laughs> yeah i think everybody like everybody has creativity in them but yeah i i think like me being able to write my songs is my way of expression um i feel like overall i'm a super positive like like outwardly bubbly person um but internally like when i'm writing my music i'm i'm talking and i'm thinking about the things that my that are going through my head with and that i wouldn't just talk to a regular person about um it's it's my outlet and it's a topic that you know like i wanted to discuss and that i wanted to write a song about but i had never quite found the right words or the right time to discuss that um and then put it into the song, and it just, it really clicked with me. I suddenly was like, oh, I said it. Like, I said what I needed to say about that, (laughs) Um,
0: which is great. Well, I think that's the great thing about songwriting, because songwriting, unlike a novel, it's kind of like a film. It's like a sonic film or a sonic sound painting. What I like about the art form is that you can, you know, because I was a bit, I was into poetry before I became a musician. And then I was always like, okay, well, how can I really connect these words yeah. to make it more cinematic? Yeah. And then I said, well, wow, I can actually combine it with my musical ability. And then suddenly the poems started merging into songs because poems aren't exactly songs. They can become the base of a song, yeah. but songs have to be structured a little differently to work with the music.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even like yeah. Stevie Nicks, like she wrote all, most of her music as like poems or like as a just written form and then they turned them into music
0: yeah I mean it's fame I mean a lot of a lot of stuff I I, I mean I, I grew up you know with Victorian poetry was like my favorite I would I read all this Tennyson and then the Harlem Renaissance I read a lot of stuff from there but I was like William Blake was like a big draw for me in the yeah. Victorian period because his poems are unlike a lot of Victorians like Wordsworth or Tennyson yeah they're simple like tiger tiger how feel for my symmetry they're not that complex
1: yeah they just and it,
0: and they they work really good as like songs I mean they work good as like this big bass and stuff, like thinking about how to write a song and i was like wow I really like his form of poetry yeah uh, and I, I then I started like diving into it and said well how can I take that kind of Blakeian thing and and put it into electronic music
1: yeah I love that you have that appreciation for it um and it's also like that's a big thing too even just moving down here is just learning different people's songwriting process has been really fun because some people do want to start with their poetry or do you want to start with just a song seed and just like a title of a song and go from there where for me, I really like having like the backing music or chords or some sort of melody going into it. Um, because I feel like music has such strong emotion and feeling behind it as it is just instrumentally.
0: Yeah.
1: you can, the music, like you adding words are, you're speaking for the song like this, but the song already speaks for itself. You're, yeah. Your words are adding to the beauty of the song um, and kind of like combining the two rather yeah. than just like, oh, I need to write this song because words.
0: <laughs> it was interesting. I was watching a, a documentary. I've been, you know, kind of in lockdown radio. So yeah. <laughs> I was watching this thing about Elton John and, and Bernie Taupin. Yeah, and Elton John was like really in sync with Bernie, right? And yeah. that he would have all these great like piano lines, like some of the greatest piano lines in rock and roll. You know, like like Billy Joel and yeah. Elton have like these really good chord arrangements and and melodies. And Elton could not write lyrics. He yeah. wasn't like he he admitted days like it was. I'm really I'm not very really good at lyrics, but I'm really good at doing all these chord arrangements and all these melodies. And then when I got we got with Bernie, he was able to kind of interpret that and figure out where to put his piano lines, just yeah. naturally figure out how to do it. And it just worked.
1: Oh, I think it's super cool. Um, I think that's honestly part of my favorite parts about co-writes is getting different people's skills and just combining them together, like the way that they did. Um, yeah, cause like, that's
0: kind of like the old school way of doing music from the 50s. In the '40s and the '30s, there was never a thought there would ever be a singer-songwriter. You yeah. always had like lyricists and maybe musicians, and the lyricists would, you know, they'd be working with Frank Sinatra, working with all these, these like, you know, crooners. Yeah. And yeah. and it, it was never thought that would that somebody could go and do, you know, what what happened in the '70s with you know, yeah, Carol Carol King and you know, uh, all all the singer-songwriters Dylan this idea that you could actually do that
1: yeah absolutely.
0: <laughs> and, that, and that's been the big draw to me ever since i i'm a child of the 70s was this whole i was in the era of, of the singer songwriter growing up yeah and that always was the big draw and it's kind of interesting today that you have this kind of like big producer thing going on again it's kind of like the 50s where you got a lot of people being that have all these, like, you know, ghost writers and you know producers, and mm-hmm. not as much singer songwriter on certain genres. Um, yeah, definitely that's kind of come back. Genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like where you are, though, you're still in that kind of traditional, like you know, after the Beatles, after Sergeant Pepper, you get this, you know, late '60s into the '70s, the era of the singer
1: songwriter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally believe that I was born in the wrong era and that I was supposed to be friends with all of those people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel that way myself. I was, you know, I was like, I I was, you know, as a kid, I was trying to break in in my twenties.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, in all the bands I had in my twenties, you know, you know, I didn't I didn't hit anywhere, um, but I kept at it, and now I actually am doing better now than I did then. That. Um good. but but it's like, you know, I just kept on trying. But, like, I was always like, wow, I wish I could have jumped on that that fire, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, but not that I didn't try.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I get that. I, I just, the whole perspective on music and life and not having cell phones and social media, you know, um, makes a difference.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Then you're just playing in some pizza shop or you're playing in a bar or you not doing cover band stuff, trying to, you know, get an indie record label to pick you up. And now today, like, with the, with the social media, suddenly, you know, like, you can hit, like, my audience now I can hit, like, all over the world. Yeah. I, I'll go and look on my SoundCloud and there people in Tokyo, you know, sending me notes saying they like what I'm doing. people in Israel saying they like what I'm doing. People in Venezuela, you're like, wow. It's like I, I, I never could have imagined in 76 or 74 that I'd be hitting people in these other countries.
1: So that's great. I mean, yeah, there's there's some really beautiful upsides to it, and also some downsides, you know. But yeah, it, like just with like streaming and other things like that. Um, uh, but it's pretty amazing how like in a time where we are supposed to be in isolation, we can still communicate with people in different time zones.
0: Yeah, I mean, I end up talking to people in Europe. I mean, a lot of the bands I interview are like Germany, and the Netherlands, and Sweden. And and it's just like those scenes are really dynamic. You know, I've been talking to a lot of people like in in the Nordic countries, there's there's a big, big kind of synth wave indie rock thing going on. Um, And there's a lot of really cool, interesting bands that I probably would have never thought about um, if it wasn't for the way the social media is now.
1: Absolutely. be yeah. able you know,
0: to connect with all these bands. I you know it's like it's like my college radio back when I was a kid. You know I found out about REM because the college I went to had a, a kid you know running the radio station. He was playing. He loved Michael Stipe and he loved REM. He's playing all these deep early REM tracks, and I'm like, wow, what who who are these guys? And you know I found out about the Athens scene, you know which was a big kind of thing in Georgia. You know that whole Athens scene was like you know very indie oriented. A lot of cool stuff coming out of that, and and now you can go on to all these like SoundCloud, you go on to all you know, Facebook, you go on YouTube, you know, you know, you, you see it on TikTok, you see all these bands that you never would have heard before.
1: Yeah. yeah. Although I will say, I mean, there there's there's beauty beauty to that, absolutely. Um, but there also is that struggle being a musician and having there be so much access in which Your videos can be drowned out by literally every other person's and just like the struggles of being a modern musician as well If of uh, music companies won't look at like management companies or distribution won't look at you until you have over a certain amount of followers or, uh, you know, like things like that, or they won't, they won't listen to your songs or watch your videos until you have a certain amount of subscribers or streams. And it's, it's interesting to see the A&R process of just like, you have to have established yourself before you can be established in a sense. Um, Whereas before it like with Clive Davis, as an example, like they would, they would take you and groom you and work with you. And there's beauty to that because they really did work with these people and give a finished product, but also like, you talk about like rights and owning your songs, and like having the power of you being your own artist is too is like another, another yeah, argument
0: it. yeah. yeah, it's a whole flip thing because like you, you know, if you, if you don't, you know, if you have this kind of new gate, you know, in in a way, like there's this the ability to get out there, but there's still a gate because you don't get the full A and R treatment unless you're hitting a certain number, right?
1: Yeah, but, you have to but, do that all on your own and it's like unless you're paying for some sort of advertisements or yeah. you know it can be really it can be a struggle like you have to work at it every day like a full-time job.
0: Yeah, because you are basically having to do your own kind of payover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to get on these playlists, you got to get to these editors, you got to get to all the yeah. people you...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. people. Yeah, and uh, it's
1: like, are you oh you write your song oh you have to produce your song oh you have to advertise your song you know like it's there's so so many more steps to it than i think even like other music like musicians have like never knew before they did it or just like uh, people listening might not know like all the things that musicians or other artists will put into their work before it even gets sees the light of day
0: well yeah from you know to getting a recording engineer to getting a mastering service to getting a pr to getting a booking agent yeah to, to getting somebody to figure out the seo to, help, <laughs> to, to get you on all the social media and getting you like into all the playlists and all the all the you know places that you need to get to so yeah i mean that's the whole you know, reason I kind of got into podcasting is I found it. this was a way to kind of broaden my base. Yeah. Because I, then I people find out about my band, but then because I talk to people and that becomes kind of even bigger than my music. But now, you know, I'm, I've gotten some opportunities from it where I've gotten like little label deals, like a Swedish label is going to be putting out a three song EP for me in okay. a couple of weeks. So, you know, sometimes you can get deals for, if you're doing something just to get, get yourself out there. And doing this, I think, is something that I, I kind of like. Well, this isn't really taken away from my music, it's connected me with other musicians. And, and it's you know, always been really cool to be able to have this connection, especially in this lockdown period, to be able to talk to creators all over the world. You know, that, that's been a real big help for me.
1: Absolutely. Even just getting ideas from other artists or just feeling like understanding that they feel the same way you do, you know, like those, those things are actually really helpful for musicians, because sometimes you can feel kind of alone when you're doing doing a path that's very uncharted. Um, So it can be really fun to talk with other musicians and be like, oh, yeah, we're we're all doing this like we're all going through it.
0: Yeah, especially, I mean, in this kind of time where we don't know where we're going to be playing shows and stuff and to be able to have this kind of conversation Because, you know, it's the thing about being a creative like, you have your family, you have your friends that aren't creative people. Yeah. They might be supportive, but it's like, it's hard to talk to people about music that aren't musicians.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it can be.
0: It can't be sometimes If you got people who are kind of music fans and they like to hear the bow, you got a best friend that likes to hear your demos, that's always cool. Yeah. Um, but but if you got like the average kind of person like, you know, wants to talk about football or baseball, or whatever, doesn't want to hear about like the intricacies of your songwriting. You know, yeah. You know, and, and if you're kind of hitting a roadblock or you want to, you've got you're suddenly excited, you know. I find myself suddenly I was excited because I put together some kind of mode baseline, you know, it had this kind of cold train feel. And, like, nobody's going to understand that except another, like, synth yeah, player.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? If you try to talk to somebody, I'm <laughs> like, oh, what, 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 what please
1: <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, um, even, like, with me, like, going to Berkeley College of Music for my freshman year of college, it's pretty different than a regular person's college experience. Like, most people are going to football games and going to frat parties and doing that, where, like, I'm like, I have a live concert in a basement for my Friday night parties or, you know, like things like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, a, or, you know, just like having conversations and having somebody randomly sing out the lick, like, "Do re for re and it's like any normal person would think that we were like aliens to this planet, <laughs> <laughs> but because we, <laughs> we are the way that we are, we can, We can talk about it and kind of understand the perspectives. But are
0: you you able to still connect with a lot of your classmates that like if you run into a situation where you're with like uh, the kind of like average person crowd that's not going to want to get that deep? um, Do you have the ability to still connect with a lot of your alumni? Oh, did we lose you again? Oh, no. I think I lost you. Again. Okay, we'll try this again. Hey, got you again.
1: Hi, yeah, it was, that was a weird one. I, I still heard you. You were like, oh, we we lost you. And I like could still hear you, but you couldn't hear me, so.
0: Yeah, sometimes because <laughs> of the, the pandemic, uh, you know, the connections have been somewhat stressed because so many people are home. Yeah. So this, this for some reason, I don't know if there's a bug going on with the app, but, um, cool. yeah, we'll keep on going. Cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, was that kind of asking about whether or not you still have connections to your 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 um, Berkeley alumni?
1: Yeah, I I tried to stay. I've tried to stay in in touch with all of the people that I was friends with or that I had met directly. Um, even some of like the people that were like older than me, but like we're still killing it in the game. I've messaged and been like, "Hey, do you want to do some cover songs?" So I've actually got some couple like a couple people lined up that I'm going to do some cover songs with that are like elsewhere and we're going to do virtual videos and stuff like that. Um, and then I do have like my, my like friends or like my trusted musical confidants that I will send stuff to and be like, Hey, what do you think of this mix? Or yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Um, because I think it's really important to get people who you trust and people who like understand where the vision is yeah. going and what it, what it, what it will be. Um, so I do, do do that. And um, even just like seeing some of my friends that like I haven't seen in a year or so, um, will be like, "Hey, I'm visiting Nashville, and I'll I'll give them a tour around and kind of tell them like what life outside of Berkeley is like, especially in Nashville."
0: So it must be really, really um, cool to have a, a like-minded me- musical um, friend that, like, if you send them a mix. They can give you that kind of, you know, Berkeley-informed opinion.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's that's pretty deep cause, I mean, I've got I've got a bunch of friends that I played in bands, you know, mm-hmm. over the. know, luckily, I mean, I've I'm in my 50s, so I got like 20 years of people I I played with. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they're you know having that kind of musician point of view. Yeah, is, yeah, is, is really important as a musician because you just send it to somebody's kind of like. Yeah, that's great. And they're like, "Okay, that doesn't really tell me. That doesn't <laughs> yeah, really tell I, me." Yeah, I
1: use that that option. I I know not to send it to certain people because I'm like, if you're not going to tell me the truth, then why am I sending it? Yeah,
0: yeah, that doesn't. If I really... wanted
1: to be sold, good job. Then I'll send it to you once it's done.
0: Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> um, want somebody to tell you, like, okay, well, you know, this outro or this this like chorus or 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 what you're doing here could be different if you did these you know changes maybe you need to change the chords or you need to change the tuning or you change oh, this it
1: helps so much Even yeah. if you're, like even when i'm like working with a professional producer i will still send it to like one of my bet like one of my friends from berkeley who <laughs> um he and i actually met on our first on our flight from salt lake city to berkeley we had never met before but we both got in and we're moving there on the same night Oh wow! Um, and kind of just became friends from there, and I trust his ear, and I'll send him stuff, and I'll be like, "Hey, I'm working with this like a professional studio, but like, I feel like something's missing. What would you add?" Or you know, yeah, yeah. Um, getting his inputs just on like the mix. It's it's been a really, it's nice because I think sometimes you can show a song to somebody. Like I'll play like a song just me and an acoustic guitar, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, so just like a, a singer songwriter song," and I'm like. Well, yes, but like, also, there's so much more potential if you could imagine what the production or what the piano or what the thing is gonna sound like. But it's like, how can you imagine what a sound is? And in my brain, like, that's just so explainable to me. Yeah, because that's just how my brain has always worked. Is there are melodies in my head, and I must get those melodies out.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the, the cool thing about being, you know, musician is like is is like. I was watching, again, the documentary on George Martin, and George Martin was talking about, like, I could have recorded the Beatles like they were playing in Berlin. Yes. And that that would mean it would be a Xerox of a live performance. But I decided I want to look at him like the way Monet looks at painting. And he said he, his his um, technique in the studio would be like a sound painter. So, I mean, I don't necessarily want it to sound like it would if they were playing live in Berlin. It's what it could be on an album, which means it can be interpreted and it's going to have all these colors and all this stuff, which is kind of the idea of sound paintings which Hendrix also talked about what yeah. I always was very interested in that, you know, as a synthesis, because a lot of what we do is all this layering of, of all these like tones. Uh, and it kind of comes from this idea of like that you can create a sound painting. Yeah. Like, absolutely. That, and that's kind of what music gets when you get into production. It's that layering that gives you that the levels, you know, of, of of the art. It gives you the colorization of your music, which you then can kind of become like cinematic.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Just even like changing a tone of a guitar can change an entire feeling of a song, and it's like it's so minute, but it's so important.
0: Yeah, if you throw like a space echo onto a guitar, then you get something that's that like, kind of like a Lana Del Rey kind of dream pop. You know, do you put like a chorus on something or you put a heavy delay or a real spring reverb, like a physical spring reverb rather than a digital one? There's all kinds of things you can do in music. I mean, I've been playing with this Moog that actually has a physical spring reverb. And when you put tones in it, even if it's a monophonic tone, it has the weight of a chord Mm -hmm. because it does all these harmonics on it. And when you play with it, it, it gets this really kind of deep kind of dream you know, like atmosphere that I you hope. can that you can do with this stuff. And that's kinda of like why I love analog and the, the level of stuff you can do with the LFOs and all these other things. But just the sound creation aspect of sound design is part of like being a synthesis, is half of what we do is is the design of the sound before we even get to the song.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're just laying down the soundscape and the vibe of yeah. the...
0: Yeah, so I, I understand what you're doing, you know, and, that, and it's interesting, you're kind of a guitar focus, but a lot of the artists you, you name-check have this kind of dream atmospheric sound. It's very progressive rock-like, you know. Yeah. I You can kind of hear Genesis and Yes and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer and that kind of sound, you know, which kind of comes from that progressive rock, that kind of classical mix with jazz. Um of, of what those artists did. And I'm still enamored with that stuff today.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I know if, if a song is good, it does not matter to me when it came out, who's it by anything. It's just like, it's a good song. I will love it.
0: Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's interesting that you, you'd be able to keep on um, doing what you're doing. You've got siren. Was it coming out Friday?
1: Yep. Coming out Friday. So yeah, if you guys follow me on social media, um, it's just Angela underscore right and it's got links to my pre-save of the song, and
0: yeah, um, we're gonna I'll be releasing really
1: the video the following week too. Which... Yeah,
0: yeah, we're putting the pre-save links on this podcast so people will be able to click that, uh, and we're going to put that out. We also now have a blogger page on GoDaddy that we oh, cool. we run um, just a brief um, uh, like recap of or the details and all the hyperlinks, and we push that out to get the, a put a, a greater push kind of like the way we do our highlight on Instagram where it goes right to the Spotify podcast. Then we're able to include all your Linktree stuff and all your website information on the GoDaddy. So we'll push that out. We'll send you that. Um, Yeah, we're really happy that you're still out there doing work and glad that you're in this, uh, you're still in the creative zone.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I hope that we can all as musicians and artists and supporters of the musicians and artists like just continue creating and enjoying all the music that we can
0: yeah i think i think people should just you know continue to be as creative as possible you know i think like you can get caught up in the news and get caught up in all the all the kind of bad vibes happening right now but then there's still a lot of good stories (laughs) in this time even though there's a lot of heaviness going on i think the art helps everybody get through like you said, yeah.
1: absolutely. I mean, if if it's a struggle that you're going through, why not express it through an art form that speaks to you?
0: Well, I'm glad you went back to Nashville, and you're still working on on music. Are you working on um bigger or more projects after after um?
1: Yeah. So this after the, this song comes out on Friday, um, and then the video, and then I will hopefully be releasing the The goal is to do like a song a month, mm-hmm. um kind of following this, but we shall see um obviously it's been difficult getting into the studio amidst a pandemic yeah. um and then finding out like plans like that. But yeah, that's kind of the the goal and the dream is to release this song and see how it does. And if people want want more, I'll do an EP or if we just want singles by singles, then that's how it'll be.
0: Well, I'd love to talk to you when you have more work to do. If you want to do like yeah. another episode, we have some more stuff coming. And Whether it's the EP or singles, like we're in a mode where we're doing a lot of podcasts, so we're, we're we have a lot of room in our schedule to do that because we just open it up to do as many as we can.
1: <laughs> Great, yay! Okay, well, I'm super excited. Um, I hope that we can share share each other's dreams. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I, I think we're gonna keep on pushing this out. Our audience level has hit over twenty-five thousand listeners now, wide. So we're happy. We're we're trying to push to hit over thirty thousand this year. Uh, you know, our overall goal goal is to hit like fifty thousand, a hundred thousand listeners for this podcast. And so we're we're you know steadily doing better than when we first started with our first three thousand. Now we're at twenty-five. So we're hoping that you know we can continue that trend.
1: Great. Well, I'm so excited for you. This will be kind yeah, of an exciting <laughs> chapter for us all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just helping everybody. You know, we're we we feel that being able to give musicians a voice and get it out there uh, is is a is a cool thing to do because, you know, in in a world where there's so many people out there trying to get musicians, uh, the to, to, to pay for yeah. different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. That, that in the world where you can do a full length interview and give, you know, independent bands trying to make it uh, a voice, a voice yeah. and get their audience to hear. them,
1: We appreciate it in a it. different way. We appreciate it more yeah. than you will ever know. And I think you, you know that as being a musician is just any any conversation and any connection that you can make as far as music is concerned, I am happy to be a part of. So thank you so much for giving me this opportunity.
0: Well, we'll, we'll continue to do so as long as you have more and more songs to give to people. And we're happy that, that, that you've got this new song coming out on Friday. We want everybody to go and hit the pre-save to Siren Call that we're going to put out here and uh, listen to it wherever you want to. But we're on Spotify, so maybe you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're part. We're a Spotify company, so we're going to say that. But uh, me okay. Spotify. Thank you very much. <laughs> so thank you very much for being on we're gonna push this out you'll see the links in within an hour thank
1: you so much super excited bye
0: bye have a good night